This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. Welcome to another episode of the MFG cast. This time we're doing a review on Never Bring a Knife by Atlas Games. Yeah. Yeah. But before that, let's talk about some things, huh? Shall we? Shall we fill yeah, some space? I, fill some time? I suppose. Cool. Um, actually, I want to bring up a subject that's very recent to us. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. He didn't tell me about this. <laughs> Springing it up on you. So I thought this, was a, this would be an interesting topic. Okay, this person is not going to be listening to this episode, so I kind of feel bad about talking about it where he's not listening to it, but I think it's kind of a good, I think it's a good conversational piece. I really do. Are you sure they're not going to be listening? No, they won't. But if I do, I apologize, and maybe we can have a conversation afterwards. Okay. So, we had a game night the other night, and we invited some people over because we newly finished our basement and we have a game room now so we're really excited to play some mm-hmm. we're recording in it yeah so we've got you know all these awesome games and you know cool stuff to play and i we asked my buddy and his wife to come over and the first thing he says is well can we play a game that i have well that's fine you know whatever you know we you know we, we have like you know 400 some games but you know hey let's play the the, you know, one of the four games you have. Okay, he has more than four <laughs> he games. He does have more games. And I'm sure he was really interested to do it. Well, turns out, you know, as this person came over, he was kind of in a off mood. I don't know if he's been tired from working or just stressed out from other things. But his attitude just kind of made the night go different than it should have, I guess. Mm-hmm. So... And, like, me, and I, I'm not going to speak for Tracy, but, like, I'm exhausted, too. Like, with work and doing things, you know, well, outside of work and stuff like that, I'm, and, I'm exhausted, too. And I'm going to chime in because I am, too, between being sick for the last couple of weeks and getting everything ready for this room, we haven't really rested. Yeah. Like, this is our first, like, official, like, game in this room. Mm-hmm. I mean... We were really excited to have people over to be able to play and have a real game night in here. Besides, Kurt and I just sitting here and playing, and Kurt and I haven't even sat and played in in this new space yet, like, officially. Yeah. So, so you know, he already, you know, instead of, like, asking us what we wanted to do, he's like, oh, I want to play this. And then, you know, can a buddy of mine come over? And, you know, we said, fine, you know, that, you know, that'll be good. It would have been nice if he would have. It would have been nice if he would have asked beforehand, like, you know, what are we thinking of playing, you know, that kind of thing, and then suggesting that. And of course, having his buddy come over, we we know his buddy too, and we're friends with him too, and it was nice to have him over too. But it just the night went kind of different. 
So it's like one of those things, like we were playing, we played Star Wars Imperial um, Assault, and he was playing the uh, Imperials, and we were playing the Rebels, and even as we were kind of trying to make our own decisions and kind of playing the game the way we wanted to, he wasn't really obsessed. He wasn't really... It, it was almost like he wanted to tell us what we should be doing instead at times. Like he could have just played both characters. Yeah. And it's like, even if we're not doing it the way that he thinks we should do it to win or whatever, like, I think it made for a ex- kind of exhausting kind of night, actually. Yeah. It still was fun in parts. It was. But it's still like, you know, it felt like his his being there, kind of whatever he felt like was kind of affecting the whole night for everybody. Yeah. And that was unfortunate. Yep. And we played Imperial Assault for quite a while. And then once we were done, we played another game. That was like, what, seven hours probably. (laughs) Yeah. With setup and, you know. Relearning it. Yeah. And, set, you know, getting everything ready and stuff like that. And uh, then we actually, uh, after we played that, then his buddy left. And then we played a game of the DC deck building game. But, like, he was so burnt out that he's like, I don't want to learn anything. We just Let's just play something I know. And then we did that. Which but was, he was even kind of humdrum on that, too. Yeah, you could tell he just, I think he just wanted to go home and he should probably should have just done it. You know, because it's like, you're not, doing, you're not doing anybody a favor by just exhausting yourself and, you know, making yourself annoyed or whatever. Well, and that's the, that's the thing is, unfortunately, when you have somebody like that, which is not very often. I don't think we encounter that very often. Like, I always want to, like, it bugs me so much that I always want to try to add something in there, you know? So, like, even when you were playing DC, the DC deck building, what was it, Heroes Unite or something, we were making, trying to make jokes about one of the cards because it, otherwise, I think that game probably would have killed me. (laughs) You know, just with the, Humdrum, and I get it. We were all really tired, but it wasn't really that late, and I could have played longer. Yeah, I just wanted to put it out there because it just it it felt interesting because you know I wonder if anybody else has has had this problem where it's like you know can you know one person's personality affect a whole game day? We have so much going on in our lives that you know these times that we have are precious, so it's nice to you know, sit down and have a good game day and stuff like that and enjoy it. But, you know, it's it's unfortunate when these type of things happen, you know. Like, like my buddy, like, I, you know, I love him to death, but, like, you think you would think about, like, okay, everybody here is trying to have a good time. You know what? Let's just fake it. If you're not into it, then just let's just cancel it then. You know, we don't need to do this. Well, and I think what I thought was interesting, too, is the fact that, you know, his wife is sitting here. She's looking around the basement, looking at all the games we have. And I think she's like, you know, as he's setting up the board and all this kind of stuff, she's looking at all these games and she's intrigued by all of them. And I said to Kurt later, I'm like, I think she would have been cool with not playing that game that he brought and playing something that we already have, mm-hmm. you know, and when he, when he wanted to call it quits on playing um, Imperial Assault, then 
He's like, yeah, we can play another game, but I don't want to sit and learn a game for two hours. Well, I don't know that we've ever sat with him and learned a game for two hours, at least none that we have here, unless I suppose we opened a game that we haven't played at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. He was kind of setting himself up for, I don't know. He should, he probably should have just left. Mm -hmm. And I love him to death too. And I, I mean, overall I had a good time. I just, I think I was, I told you last night, I think I was just disappointed Mm -hmm. because I was so excited to have people over and have our first game night in this room. And then it was like pulling teeth Mm -hmm. to try to make it okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of sucks. Yeah. So have you ever had this experience? Like, how do you, how do you deal with it? Do you just let it happen? Do you address it? How do you deal with that? Just let us know at MFGCast on Twitter and join our Facebook page and just kind of get in the conversation. What do you think? All right, well, let's get to a topic that's a little more... Something a, a little beat. bit lighter. <laughs> let's Sorry. talk about what we... Sorry, everyone. That's okay. Let's talk about what we've been playing. What do you mean playing. that's okay? Yeah. You're the one who brought it up. Yeah. I, t- I say everyone else thinks it's okay. Okay. I bet you everyone else has run into that at one point. Yes, in exactly. Lives. And they're probably like, yes, it can be very frustrating. <laughs> okay. So... You might ask, what have we been playing? They're not asking that. They are asking that because they expect. <laughs> I'm us, just kidding. They expect us to talk about it every time. They are. So what have we been playing? We don't want to let them down. No. So we obviously talked about us playing Star Wars Imperial Assault. Mm-hmm. Well, we touched on it. We yeah. didn't really talk about too much about it, and I don't think we probably need to talk a ton about it. No. But we played that last night, and we played. Two, is it called a campaign? Two campaigns of Star Wars Imperial Assault? Yeah, because we started one and then we continued another one. Yep. And the first one we lost. Yeah. Not by very much. No. I didn't think. I thought, well, we were kind of getting the vibe from the other side of things that um, we were going to get our butts handed to us. And we, I feel like, came back and... Um, we're super close, but we had to be able to finish it out in six rounds, I think. And that was really hard because there were a lot of guys that were shooting at us and not in our favor. <laughs> so that was exciting. And then the next one was a, what, side mission? And Chewy was part of our squad this time. And I think he really helped us. Yeah. And we had to collect... Spice barrels. Sp- spice barrels. I was mm-hmm. just call them spice boxes. <laughs> and we ended up getting that. That was in five rounds that we had to be able to collect that. And we did it in four. And so we nailed that one. And then um, we called that quits. Yeah. I think we could have, even without Chew's help, I think we could have done that one. Yeah, but he did. He did <clears throat> really good help. A.K.A. Kurt did really good rolling. <laughs> I yep. think. I controlled him well. Yeah. There's something to be said with having a Wookiee by your side. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you will not hear our Wookiee voices. We tried no. to do them last night and they were, no, don't do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look at the recording as you're I doing know. that. Yikes. So many spikes. I would do it for you Sorry, guys, everybody. but I don't want you to say you should quit this podcast and go into acting. <laughs> so I will not do it for you. Okay. Um, what else have we been playing? We also got to try Wits and Wagers. It's Vegas, baby. Baby. Yeah, that was... What happens if Vegas stays in Vegas? They changed it now. 
no. Yeah, they changed their their thing now. It's like it's not that anymore. It's something else, and I forget what it is. But it's a dumb. Or what happens in Vegas is fun. No. Yeah, like literally, you should look it up because I I won't. You don't have to look it up now for this for the podcast. But like they're saying now is just it's lame. They're they're changing it so it's like more friendly, I guess. Even though there's so much crap that goes down around there, like why change it? Anyway, wits and wagers. Um, I've actually played this game and I. Like, not the Vegas one, but I've actually played the original one, and I can't remember where I played it. I think I might have played it online or something. I can't remember. But Wits and Wagers, it's Vegas, baby. It's just a little twist on Wits and Wagers, and it's super fun. It's You've got a row of betting, basically, and you know before you do your bets, everybody you know writes down a number depending upon whatever question comes up, like you know how many... I think one of the questions we had is how many how many presidents including mutton chops had like facial hair or something like that and then you write down your your amount that you think it is and then you go from lowest to highest and it you put it on the thing going from like red to black i think and then depending upon where your where your number sits you can get a payout so it's like two to one three to one six to one if it's everybody everybody's too high or something like that and then whoever gets the closest without going over gets an amount of money. But then whoever wrote the winning bet gets m- uh, money depending upon what round it is too. And it's just just one of those games that's just super fun to play and just, just to see how many amounts are just ridiculous. And you can play with anybody. You know, we played with our son and then all the way up to my dad's age and stuff like that. So it's like one of those you can play with anybody and... It's just a ton of fun. I really enjoyed it. Well, that and the fact that some of the questions were so obscure and then we were like, what? <laughs> you know, but we I don't think anyone ever bet over, which was, I think you said, a choice where you could pick. Did, did you say that? No, we're, I think it was. There's a choice where you could pick that you, if you think all the bets are over. Yeah. And then you could win um, because otherwise, obviously, no one would be able to win if you're all over the answer. So it was it was fun. No one is supposed to know the answers. So I think we did get at least one of them spot on, which was pretty cool. Side note, I did find what the new slogan is for Vegas, and it's what happens here only happens here. <laughs> what? So terrible. That's so terrible. stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. Okay, on to a different game topic because now I'm really disappointed. Yeah, so disappointing. What else have we been playing? We. Why don't you talk about what you played this week with Mike? Sure. I got to play Jaws the board game by uh, Prospero Hall and Raven- Ravensburger. I'm not a super huge fan of the movie. Like, I liked it when I saw it back in the day, but I haven't seen it since. But this game is super fun. So there's two, I can't remember if they call it rounds or acts. I think it's two acts, actually. And one of them is you're controlling uh, three, of the play- or three of the characters, and you are trying to find Jaws in the water. And so Jaws is kind of swimming around trying to find, trying to find uh, people in the water so he can eat. Meanwhile, you have your other. Meanwhile, the other person has three characters, or the other people actually. We played it two players, but like I controlled the three characters, 
And basically what you're doing is you're trying to move around and each character has uh, certain abilities. Like one of them, I think Quint has, you could, you have these barrels that kind of, if you put them in the water, they track Jaws. So if Jaws comes, it attaches and you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to do is have at least two of those barrels on, attached to, to Jaws to basically win the act one. But, you know, everyone's got all, all these special things. Like, I think uh, Hooper had an ability where he's got, like, a fish finder. So you put the fish finder in the water, and then you're trying to find Jaws that way. And then the character has to tell you if they're around. Um, another one is, uh, is it Brody? I think it's Brody. And he's got, like, he's got binoculars, and then he can see if he can see them and stuff like that. So... It's basically the first act is kind of like a cat and mouse game trying to find Jaws and stuff like that. And depending upon if you attach, if the character, the three characters attach the bar the two barrels to Jaws, or if Jaws eats, and I can't remember, I think it's nine swimmers, then act two moves up. It goes to act two. And then depending upon who won that one, you get an amount of the shark player gets cards and then the player cards get cards depending upon how well or bad you did. So like when we played like Mike's character or Mike played Jaws and Jaws ate all of the characters that it needed to move on to act two. So he got a ton of cards for the second act and I only got three cards to split up between the three characters. So I said, I just gave each character a card. So it's, it's not a co-op game. It is. It kinda? it kind of is if you're playing more than two players. Oh, because you could play you know you could play yep. up to four. So every you know three players can play the the characters the you know human characters and then one player plays Jaws. So then it could be like a one versus many kind of thing. And then the second act is you're on a boat and I can't remember what the boat is. It's the famous boat from Jaws, Orca. The Orca. That's what it is. And this is one where it's kind of a. It's still kind of a cat and mouse game because the Jaws kind of picks a spot out of these three cards that show up. You actually, the, all everyone can see where Jaws might show up, and the characters the characters can maneuver and try to take out Jaws before Jaws either a takes out all the boat, which causes all the characters to lose, or he eats all of the characters when they're in the water, and then they have certain amount of hit points. I think it's like five or six or something like that. And so you're using special ability. You have your every character has two special ability cards. Plus you get, you know, cards on top of that, depending upon how you did in the first act. And then you're trying, you know, again, it's just kill or be killed, basically. And I thought for sure that Mike was going to end up eating all my characters and defeating them. And he actually killed Quint and Hooper, but Brody survived and killed Jaws at the end. So it was, it's a fun, yeah, it's a fun Sounds little, epic. yeah, it's a fun little back and forth kind of game. And I don't think you have to be a fan of Jaws to play this game. It's, it's no. just, it's a super fun. It's just that it's just the theme of the game. Yeah, exactly. So nice. yeah, yeah, another great game by the folks at uh, Pressboro Hall and Ravensburg. So cool. Cool. Well, should we get on to the main highlight of this episode? Let's get into Never Bring a Knife. Ooh. All right, let's talk about the overview. <laughs> Never Bring a Knife is a gunfight card game with two teens, undercover cops, and hardened criminals. But no one knows who's who. As the shootout rages, players must figure out who's on their team and who's not. When someone takes three wounds, they fall. 
If they can't be healed, everyone on the Fallen's player team loses and everyone on the other team wins. Keep your head down, protect your teammates, and whatever you do, do not tip your hand. Never Bring a Knife by Atlas Games. Four to eight players. Ages 17 and up is their suggestion. And I'll step into that a little bit. And 20 to 30 minutes. So first of all, the Never Bring a Knife, they say 17 and up because of the content of the game. Yeah. So it involves guns. And so there's a little ditty on the back of the rule book that talks about um, its violent theme. And it's intended for adults who can tell the difference between things that belong in games and things that belong in real life. And I want to touch on this because I read that to Kurt before we were going to do the podcast. And I feel like sometimes adults don't know the difference. (laughs) So that's an interesting statement. and I get where they're coming from. Um, We did play this with a nine-year-old, our son, and a... 13-year-old. at She was 13 at the time. And I think they know the difference. So use your judgment on that one. Yeah. And I think, like, before we even get to this, get into this game, I just, because we're touching on it, like, we have Finger Guns High Noon, which is also kind of a, you know, shoot your, you shoot your, you know, Old West kind of shoot your, mm-hmm. you know, opponent kind of thing. Like, this one has a little bit more of an adult theme in its look and stuff like that, but it's the same concept. It's just kill or be killed, but like we all know this is just fun. It's just a game. It's yeah. not we're not promoting promoting. We're not <laughs> promoting violence. We're not saying, you know what, go get a gun and shoot your friend. You know, it's like we know what's a, and I think that Atlas Games comes up with a good point. It's like we know what's fun what's a game and we know what's not. And yep. we're just pretending that. And again, most people do know the difference between right and wrong, but I feel like adult or child should know the difference between right and wrong but i would say adults don't always know that because Mm -hmm. we see it on the news all the time so not gonna go on my soapbox anymore on that i just i just wanted to touch on the the age because we got this in the mail and i went oh 17 and up and then i looked at and i was like no logan can play this (laughs) Uh, he's fine because he knows i mean he plays we let him play video games that have guns in them yeah like Fortnite. like Fortnite. yeah but they don't have the blood yeah and this one doesn't have blood either so. no exactly um don't let that deter you from um deciding whether you want to purchase this game after we talk about it yeah definitely so okay so how do we play never bring a knife oh we have to we have to also say who it's about or who it's about <laughs> not who it's about who it's by yeah it's designed by maggie and jordan klein and the art is by james Masingo, I'm gu- I'm guessing. I'm sorry, James, if that's not right. Masingo, Mosingo, Masingo. Do you want to pronounce that any other way first? Mosingo. Okay, cool. Add some flair to it. Okay. So, what are, what are we doing now? So, how do we play? Never. How do we br- how do we play it? So, depending upon the number of players, you actually will take roll cards. There's cops and criminals, and you'll shuffle them up, deal them out to everybody, and everybody has a roll. And then you have to put one on the table, which is the boss, because during the game you can actually switch roles, which is pretty cool, which we'll talk about later. And then before you even play, you actually get to get intel. So that what that means is you get to look at the player on your left, and you get to see what their role is. So you at least know your role and someone on your left's role for now. So you're not starting out 
not knowing anything about who anybody is yeah. besides yourself. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know who you are. Yeah, exactly. So then after that, you prepare the deck. You get the, all the all the cards except for the hit and the mole card. You set them in the discard pile because they're not going to be used in the first round. And we'll talk about what those are in a minute. Yep. Um, and then you'll then you shuffle them up, deal four cards to each player, and then it's time to it's time to play the game. Each card has certain abilities. There's the gun card, and two gun cards deal one wound. There's an armor card, which cancels one gun. There's the money card, where you can actually bank your money to save for later, or if you want to take something that you've banked. So if you collect three money, you can actually use them to heal a wound um, so that you're not, so that the game doesn't finish. Or um, you can look at that boss roll card that Kurt was talking about that's in the middle. So you know who another character is. Or you can look at another player's card. Or you can look at another player's card. There's a crime card where you discard a money out of your stack or from your bank. There's a hit card where um, this one doesn't come into play until later. Mm -hmm. But this one you can spend three of your money and... This would probably be more from your bank that you've saved for later to deal a wound to any player, or you can set this hit aside or put it in your bank and you can use it later. There's an Intel card, which the Intel will help you to look at another player's scroll card or that boss card that's in the middle. And then there's a mole card, which this one doesn't come into play until the deck shuffles again. And you can actually switch your roll card with that boss card, which is in the middle of the stack. Yeah. So let's go into kind of like a quick play of how, or a quick scenario of how one of the rounds would work. Yeah. So you have the four card. You have your four cards, and you go starting with starting from the left of the dealer and going around. Everybody plays their first card. So on the first card, you actually have to play it on someone other than yourself. And when you do that, the first card that goes in front of a player actually has to be face up. And then in su subsequent round or subsequent turns, everyone goes face down. If it's your if it's your second or third or fourth card, so you go around the table and putting those down in order. It's pretty quick. Um, you can also put it on yourself those second, third, and fourth cards. And then after that's done. Everybody takes the cards that aren't revealed on the table besides that one that's face up, shuffles them under the table so you don't know who gave you the other cards, and then you reveal them. So during the reveal phase, this is when you figure out who's getting hurt, who's not, who's baking cash, who's baking hits or using hits, and that kind of thing. So, you know, if you get two gun cards in front of you, you will at least get one wound. Unless you have armor... That will protect you from one of the guns. One of the guns, yeah. And then, thus leaving... Thus? <laughs> thus leaving you with one gun, which won't wound you. Because you're a Superman. Yeah, so that's always cool. It's like... So if you, know, if you only have that one gun card in front of you, you're not going to take that wound for the round. If you get a crime card, you have to discard one of your money from, from, the, you know, from the stack that you have right now, or if you have something banked. If someone spends uh, three money to hit you, they can... And then you like you like I said, you've got those Intel cards to look at other people's, and you have the mole card to switch your role. So then it like with your mole card, like you know, say 
you can get these invertently and inadvertently. So like you could switch your role if you think so, you know someone on your team is gonna die. You're like, oh crap, I need to switch this role. Or you could be like, you know what? This person's been hitting me this whole time. And I know this boss card is our team and I know we're going to die. I'm going to take you down with me. You can do that, mm -hmm. you know? Which we've done. Yeah. So then once once that round kind of shapes out, if no one has three wounds on them, you continue to keep, you shuffle the, you shuffle the cards. Or actually, no, you take the cards that you already use, put them in the discard pile, and then just keep going. If you run out of cards, you can reshuffle. But you keep going until at least one person has three wounds in their pile basically that they can't um use the money to take off that hit or somebody else doesn't heal them yeah or yeah because i forgot that yep. money you can actually heal somebody else not yep. just yourself yep and it's, it's there's also a time where like well actually let me go back so if you get those three wounds then you lose and everybody on your team loses and everybody based has to on, show what's going on. Ba yeah based on whoever you, you are yep mm -hmm. yep exactly and then there's also a potential for both teams to have three wounds and then everybody loses, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Well, but I'm going to add something else. So what makes it interesting, too, is the fact that, so like Kurt was talking, is you know what your role is and you know who the person to your left is, Okay. So let's say I know I'm the cop and the person to my left is a cop. So I can provide them armor. I can provide them money. I can provide them things. They don't know who I am. So you can use table talk too. Yeah. Which, which I, you know, I think. Oh, sorry. I'm going to no, add go one ahead. more thing. Or you can, when you're using those Intel cards and to look at somebody maybe across the table from you. And now I know that so-and-so across the table from me is a criminal. Now I'm going to start pushing guns on them. Mm -hmm. or And then the person next to them, I'm watching to see. So now I know they're a criminal. The one next to them, they're pushing guns on them. They're, they must be opposite roles. So you're kind of trying to deduce what the different roles are. And so then you can kind of start figuring out who has what role because now I know the person across the table from me is a different role and I'm watching how they're playing on the other person. Oh, okay. So I bet you anything that other one has to be the same role as me because they're trying to pick them off. And so like you can kind of figure that out too. And so it's, it's really an interesting concept like of trying to, trying to figure it out. And you don't always have it figured out. And, but it's it's funny because you all of a sudden see all these packs around the table. like, And then somebody kind of gets toasted when they end up having to switch their role by using the mole card. And then they end up on a team that they, they're like, oh, man, now I'm on a different team. Now I have to like figure this out or, oh, and then the game's over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that happened to us a couple times. Well, it's funny, too, because they, you know, they tell you like, you know, you can have table talk and stuff like that. But I feel like when we did it, there wasn't as much table talk as as there could have been. No, know? there wasn't. But, but I think we were all kind of just. Yeah. Well, I had to laugh because every time I would, every time I would do a thing where like I would always point to somebody like it felt like I was always on my dad's team. So I'd always be like me and you, buddy, because I'd use my fingers and be like me and you and then this person. 
And then I would be, put my hand down, and then you look at me, and you're like, what did you just do? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> you, you I just, don't remember you that You just at give all. me that look like, what are you doing? Screw you. you know, well, whatever. it kind of seems like um, table talk, it makes sense. But at the same time, it seems like you're cheating. But you could also be, like, lying to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're on the same team. You had to help me out. But I'm actually the criminal, and I'm lying to you. You have to help me out. You know, that kind of thing. So yeah. it's really interesting. It was funny. And then people get all sassy and, mm-hmm. oh, it's it's really funny. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was, it was interesting that, like, it felt like, you know, certain people were going after certain people regardless of who they were. Like, it was kind of like, sorry, Logan. Like, lo- <laughs> like our kid just kept getting shot all the time. You know, <laughs> just like, here's a gun. Here's a gun. Well, so you did know? your dad, And my though. dad, too. Yeah, exactly. Your dad was getting blown up. Gra- Grandpa was getting shot. Yeah. And it's funny because even, like, uh, our niece, Janelle, like, for some reason, like, she was always, like, trying to be sneaky. And I think she just kind of hidden the shadows even though she's right there but at the end of every game she ended up having to switch her role with the mole card and then she ended up losing every yeah. single time because she ended up having to go to the other side that lost and the funny thing is is she did it to herself yeah she's ac- she accidentally thought it was an intel card and not a mole card yeah and so she'd give herself the mole card and then she'd be like damn it <laughs> well she wouldn't say that okay but. she wouldn't say that. but in her head she probably was like damn it yeah so yeah i thought that was pretty funny but yeah, this, you know, this game is a, you know, I think a fun little party game where you, there's a lot of different things that can happen in it, you know, yeah. you know, depending upon your gaming group and how aggressive you want to be. My guess is if you had a few drinks, it might get a little more loud and, you know, proud and stuff like that, which I think would be kind of fun to just get, get some adults around a table and get drunk and just see if Whoa. it, if, if it got louder and, you know, more table talk or if it would just be quiet and less table talk like we were talking about. Cause like. Like, even, like, like you were saying, like, sometimes, it even says on here, it says, like, keep your head down. Like, sometimes it is a good idea to just kind of be like, oh, I'll just slip you this. And that's why I don't think I table talked very much, because I was trying to fake, I was watching everybody else's moves, like. Yeah. Well, and the thing that's cool about it is with that one face-up card and the face-down cards, like, you can almost tell right away who you're helping and who you're not helping. You know, you could throw off the scent, but it seemed like nobody was ever, like, here, I'm going to put a gun card on my fellow cop or whatever. But they, some of them were. It was really? kind of funny. I don't feel like they were. Oh, yeah. They were tossing gun cards out on Logan and your dad. Like, Well, crazy. I had to laugh. One of the games, I actually did the thing where I was like, me and you, Dad. I was like, me and you. And then I pointed to Ryan. I was like, me and Ryan. And then literally the next time, my dad's like, a gun card on Ryan. I'm like, we're on the same team. <laughs> Like, I'm not lying, you know. Yeah, it was it was nice um, to we were able to play this game and experience it at seven players and at eight players. So, and I think it uh, capped six and seven actually. Oh, we don't have eight people. Yeah, yeah, six and seven. Yeah, my bad. We're at we're at at seven. You actually it only cost you two money to uh, look at a roll card. I think. Yep. So it's it's cool. It's just the art is you know. What you would think, you know, the gun looks like a cool, like, art artistic gun. The money looks like a bag of money. You know, the mole looks like a microphone Make that you hide fun. under your shirt and stuff like that. You know, it's a you know, cool looking art. It doesn't blow you away, but it fits the theme. And you know, well, I don't think it like needs it. to because no one's sitting there staring at the art to, yeah, it's true. Um, and what's I think what's really nice too is the fact that 
the cards have the picture and whatever of what it is, but it also has a brief description of what it does to remind you. But they also have a nice reference card. Yeah. Um, to be able to help you so that you can um, just glance at that. Yeah. And I think that's something that I think every game needs. God, I love reference cards. Cards reference. That's all you need. Like, like even in the bigger games, like, the cards are inexpensive when you're thinking about game, when, you know, game components and stuff like that. Even if you're, even if you have a game that plays two hours, you could have at least four or five of these cards that actually have stuff on them. Or you know, uh, use, then it just becomes bigger. Yeah, just a big like card. Like a postcard. Yeah, exactly. Or I just, whatever. I don't understand why mo- more games don't have that so, so you don't have to look at the game book like 82 different times. Yeah. No, I think it's really nice because it's, I mean, this is a perfect game to be able to do just the card references on the one, or the card reference on the one side, and then they do the turn reference on the other, which is really nice. Okay, so what did we um, think about the game? I think we told them enough about how to play it. If you ever want to come over and play with us, <laughs> we don't table talk too much. So let's um, go through a rating scale first, and then we'll talk about how we felt about the game. So we have the Collection Keeper. It's one that we would play more than not. It's going to be something we want to bring the table, wanna, that we want to bring to the table often. Um, we also have the Fair Player. It'll actually get a decent amount of plays, but it's not going to be the first game we pick. We also have Overlooked. It's going to be one that when we see it, we're like, ah, maybe we'll play it, but it's maybe be once every you know, six months or something like that, every couple of months. And then lastly, we have The Unfortunate Passer, which means it's a game that we just don't really care for and we probably just won't play anymore. So, what do you think about Never Bring a Knife? Oh, well, I would say that I would rate it as a fair player. I, the only reason why I struggle on saying fair player would be because um, we're a family of three. So, um, and it's a four to eight player game. So this would be a game that we'd have to bring over. Well, we wouldn't have to bring it over anymore because we have a game room, but we'd have to involve your family or my family or our friends or whatever. But I feel like it's a good party game. Mm -hmm. I think it has enough bones to be able to want to haul this game out and it supports enough people to be able to want to play it more often than not i think it has it makes sense i feel like we had a lot of fun playing this game with your family Mm -hmm. and so the only reason why i wouldn't say collection keeper is the fact that we just have to basically borrow people to be able to play this game with us so i would say fair player like i said originally great game Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's fun too i I would call it a fair player depending upon the situation. I think that's a good good call on your part. Like, we don't normally get a bunch of people together to play games. So, but yeah, I, I think this game is fun. I think that it's cool to have that table talk and that covert stuff where it's like, uh, I don't know what I, I don't know if I want to give this much information out. But it force it kind of forces you to do that too. You know, you could be like, okay, I'm going to put this gun on you and you're gonna, everyone's going to see it, but I don't know. It, it, it's funny. It, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, I really don't, 
I a lot of times when I play this game, I really don't know how to do it. You know, I just feel like I feel like you just have to be aggressive sometimes and just be like, I'm just going after these people, whatever. You know, I, I it's very hard for me to try to like lie on it, you know, and be like, oh, I'm gonna put this on, you know, I'm gonna put this gun on my teammate. You know, I just I don't think I could do that, you know. But I really one of the parts that I really like is is doing the whole thing where it's where you know the thing I love to do with Tracy is when you know when she's not looking I'd be like yeah and then and then when she looks I put my hands down really quick we're never on the same team no I don't we think. never are but I think what's interesting too you made you talked about this is putting a gun in your own teammate is if you're not careful on your strategy too which this is interesting is you may be stuck putting a gun on your teammate or something you don't want to put on them or yourself. Yeah. Because you can play cards on yourself, but people cap out on the amount of cards that they can have in front of them. So four is the max. And so if I have, or if Kurt has four in front of him and I only have two in front of me and the person next to me does and they're my teammate, then... I and I only have two guns left. I might be stuck putting a gun on them and a gun on myself, yeah. or some a mo card or a hit card or you know something like that. Yeah. So and I've ended up having to do that before. Like, oh, I just shot myself. Yeah, I think I had one round where I had all guns, and I was going to save them because I was like, wait, I'll just wait to be able to put them face down so I can put them on the other people. And I think I ended up having to shoot my teammate and myself because we were out of cards. <laughs> yep, I did the same exact thing. I'm like, oh, crap. You know, he was like, I don't want to do that. Yep, but I'm like, sorry. That's, that's what I'm stuck with. Yeah, so. which which I think is cool, too. It's a it's an interesting element to the game mm-hmm. because you're guaranteed to have to. I like the fact that you have to play cards for yourself, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's what we think about Never Bring a Knife by Atlas Games. And thanks to... Thank you to Atlas Games for lending us a review copy and letting us play this game. Yeah. So, you know, instead of saying, you know, have you played this game? What do you think about it? Uh, why don't you tell us what are some of your favorite Atlas games? You know, join us at, at MFGCast on face, on Twitter and then join our Facebook page. is awesome. And it's currently available on Amazon for $15.99. Fairly cheap. Normally $25 game. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And only six left in stock, so order soon, which Get means that everybody wants it. Buy it. <laughs> That's right. So let us know what your favorite game is by Atlas Games. Mine is God's Forge, because God's Forge is amazing. But and that isn't fun. what this episode is it about. It is not. But, but it is all uh, all about the awesome of Atlas Games. Yeah. Which we also uh, appreciate other Atlas games like... Um, Witches of the Revolution. Witches of the Revolution. That's right. We also like that game, which we picked up... Con of the North. At Con of the North. Yeah. For like Fairly super cheap, cheap 20 yeah. bucks or something yeah. like that. And that was a super nice surprise. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So, Love yeah. those guys. Yeah. So thanks, Atlas Games. Thank you to listen. And thank you for listening. And until next time, I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was... The MFG cast. <laughs> this podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network.
For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.